All right, everybody. Jeffy, though you be far away, you are still that which launches our show. So do that thing. On tonight's dad band land, here's some of what we're going to be talking about. Hit it. Were you oh, s- man. Yeah. That's the best he's done. I mean, he isn't that better than he's done in weeks. So it's like a comeback. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a comeback. Theme, hit it. Right, Dad Band Land. We're here, the podcast that talks about all the music you love from the point of view of a neighborhood cover band, or are we? I'm Adam Felber, your host. I am Kevin Burke, your co-host. Are you about to tell me something that I don't know? No, I'm not going to tell you anything. <laughs> I am Jeffy Branion, your triple host. And Jeffy, what do you have playing in Jeffy's jukebox this evening? Best comeback albums. Thank you very much. Best right. comeback albums from our chief technology officer and purveyor of Jeffy's Jukebox. Speaking of segues, right over there is Brian Frank. Woo! Hi. Who was not Hi. with us last week. You didn't. You abandoned us yeah. last week. The House of I Wax did. was vacant. We, we, we threw a party there all weekend long. We yeah. did not talk smack about you. We, we put on various either. shoes and danced upon piles of catalytic <laughs> converters. We're going to get yes. to the catalytic converters in a minute. But, wow. Brian, how was your week, and what have you brought? Uh, my week was great. I was in London. I bought records that you can only get in England, so that's a that. highlight to me. Uh, and tonight, I have brought, speaking of England, have brought um, George Harrison's 11th and final album, Cloud Nine. Is it his final album? Uh, well, final release in his lifetime. That's right, Cloud Nine. Yeah. Um, this is this is going to be really interesting to talk about. There's a lot going on with Cloud9, as Kevin was pointing out as we were choosing the album this week. But before we get to that, we mentioned catalytic converters. Mm-hmm. Mine is still missing. Dude, you gave me a ride. I thank you for dude, it. Dude, this is too many rides, man. Dude, dude, <laughs> dude, the fuck, dude. The guy at the shop says he's got seven Priuses. Wow. Waiting, waiting, waiting for catalytic what's converters. The, what's the turnaround time? Uh, it, two months, between one said. and two months. What, between one and two but months. But it's not getting said, longer, is my point. I'm hoping not. Uh, you know what? There's a, a ray of light on that front. 
today, two or three different friends texted and emailed me this article from the Los Angeles Times headline, Catalytic Converter Theft Ring That Made Hundreds of Millions Is Busted, Feds mm. Say. And they uncovered this giant <clears throat> catalytic converter uh, theft industry that ran from California to Utah to a to an auto shop in I think like the Washington D.C. area from the redwood forest to the Gulf Stream, (laughs) hundreds of millions of dollars. They were breaking down these catalytic converters for those rare earth elements and selling them, and this gigantic ring was busted. Wow, I I saw the ring was busted. I didn't know if that was California. If that made it all the way, yeah, California. It was it was Adam's catalytic converter that cracked the case. It was probably was yours was you sabotaged it. You traced it. They found it. Now, but everything's been good for you since. But no, nothing's been good for what? me since. I've got, <laughs> I've got relatives in the hospital. I've got friends in crisis, and on top of all those things, right before I left my house to come here tonight, my wife and I were assaulted in our kitchen by a smell that is almost indescribable, <laughs> and is completely indescribable oh, no. if you don't use the words acrid and urine. <laughs> So I'm going to wow. have to use those words. And Wait, I need a content. You're just at home. You're just like doing your home shit, whatever that yeah. is. Oh, you packing know. up, getting ready to go. My, yeah. my son's got and a drama suddenly, audition. Uh-huh. Suddenly. Out of nowhere. I'm like, I, I thought like maybe it had been building over like a half an hour. But by the time we were ready to leave the house, it was like an assault. It was like you're in a hospital room. Wait, and you didn't, you didn't triangulate its location? We tried to triangulate its location with the limited time we had. <laughs> we were unable to succeed and said, "Try." I don't know. What? So who's in your house now? Anybody? Nobody. What? Anything Just, could be happening. Okay, Anything so could be happening. A dog is in the house. Adam, <laughs> do yes. you still smell it? No. Just a question. I'm not you. in the room. I, just a question. No, it's not, not me. The smell anything. wasn't coming from me, Jeremy. <laughs> Here's the thing. I can't imagine what, I mean, I could imagine, like, maybe if somebody had been doing, like, if a hobo had been living under our table for a week, that <laughs> sure. would be the smell. A likely scenario. I can't imagine what would happen to make it smell that bad that well, fast. Let me, I don't and wanna, that is a dad a experience. Hobo I don't or a vagabond. A vagabond. I okay. don't want to freak you out or make you nervous about anything, but... Okay. But one time in, in 1999, I had just moved to L.A. I just seen Fight Club. Okay. My roommate and I were going, right before we went out, we went into his bathroom. There was like this sort of black, smelly sewage water coming up I his. thought you weren't supposed to talk about that, Fight Club. <laughs> I'm late again. Oh, I'm we'll so get to sorry. That. <laughs> that, was, that was significantly delayed. No, but you are definitely jamming the 99-2000 references right now. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty anyhow, old. anyhow, so it... Uh, it started coming. I started. I tried to plunge it. That went down the. It went down the the, fo- the um, drain. Yeah. Came back up, plunged it, went down, came back up. I said, "Well, whatever. Let's go see Fight Club. What could go wrong?" Uh oh. We go see Fight Club. Come back. His fucking bathroom is loaded with gray sewage water. His, 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 <laughs> his what? toilet is filled with like particles, like toilet paper particles that had risen up and started to flood our place. And then uh, the, I don't want. Why are you telling me this I just, story? I just was letting you know uh, that the whole carpet then just soaked with. Uh, here, with here's the good news. Yeah, uh, my wife and kids are getting home way before I am tonight. <laughs> oh, so they're going to discover this first. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my takeaway. The first line of defense is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Send so, them in first. So, in, in, other, in other words, we're not rehearsing as a band right now. Is what I'm saying. Oh. Well, yeah. What, well, obviously we're not because you have you don't have a catalytic converter. I have to bum a fucking ride for me to get to. You'll the have rehearsal. to get my keyboard to uh, rehearsal. Yeah, that's not happening. Okay. 
Well, we're, we're all we're going to be back in the saddle again sometime soon. At some point. Yeah, but this is well, this assuming, a rough time. Assuming you're not going home to a house full of raw sewage and urine. I'm assuming I won't because I would I would I would want my wa- my wife to call me and say, "Don't come home." <laughs> it's her last. <laughs> Don't come, come home. home. Yeah, You'll end up yeah. like the others. <laughs> but as long as we can, as long as we can't go home, uh, let's just go get a drink down at the local. Uh, a rib shack. Rib shack. Yes. Rib shack. Let's go get some ribs. <laughs> Why has it okay. got to be ribs? Nothing Nothing like the smell of arid urine, <laughs> of acrid make, urine. If anything can overpower urine, it, it is, is these ribs. These local ribs. And, and and standing in front of a jukebox in the corner of this rib shack is hey, Jeffy Branion. how are you? Hey. Hey. Welcome, how's gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. This week's Jeffy's jukebox is from a friend of Kevin's. Oh, yeah. Eric Connor. Yeah. Apparently, you know what? This same, spelled the same way as uh, Sierra Cana. Um, I can't confirm or deny that because okay. I can't remember how you spell how you spell Sarah Connor. Right. But he's the same roommate whose bath whose whose bathroom became filled with foreign toilet paper. It's that yeah. guy. It, well, yeah, it's that guy. That, that guy won't be. Suggest, sorry. Yeah, he suggested this, right? He, he suggested he gave this us, as dad band fodder. And what he suggested was best comeback albums. And it is, oh. it's whatever that means to you. Welcome to Jeffy's Jukebox. Oh, that's a great topic. Yeah. Eric Connor, Sur- you, Survivor. Thank you, Eric Connor. Connor, we won't b- yeah. go back in time and, and prevent you from taking uh, control of the resistance. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> right. the, that's the service we perform, not doing that. Jeffy, yeah. why don't you kick us off? I will kick us off. Um I, 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 I kind of, uh, because I'm going first, I'm going to leave my first choice for someone else because I'm that generous. All right. Mm. So selection number two. And uh, this band uh, revealed the coordinates to a location in Los Angeles to an art installation where they announced their first album in 10 years, which came out in September of this year. Uh, this is the Mars Volta Graveyard Mars Love. Volta. Wow. Yeah. So the Mars Volta is back. They're back and better than ever. And Are uh, they better than ever? I mean, I think that this is one of their best. And the the thing is kind of, to me, it's compulsively listenable. Uh, you could pick any of the songs and have a great time. Wow. That's, I actually did not know they had a new album this year. That's how out That's of tune it's, I am. It's, barely, it's like a month and a half old. Oh, that it just explains came out. Wow. You gave us a rip from the headlines yeah. comeback album. That's really great. Wow. And you're giving it to us from your undisclosed location. Just so yeah. I, I don't think we fully spelled this out for our listeners, but Jeffy is coming to us via Zoom tonight uh, because of some professional commitments of his. And he's also coming to us via Zoom via silhouette with a spacey background. It is true. And it brings up the question why didn't Brian Frank come via satellite because of his professional commitments? Do you? 
We question. He your wasn't in the same time zone. He was on yeah. another continent. Why? Why, why is your career more important than this uh, podcast that doesn't knows? make you any money? Who knows? Can I tell you guys something too? The Wi-Fi in my hotel was so brutally <laughs> terrible. How brutally terrible was it? I I couldn't even FaceTime my wife. It was just like. I had to shut off the video. So finally, I had to resort to no Wi-Fi. This is this is so dad problem. No <laughs> Wi-Fi. But, you know, they don't really have, like, 5G and stuff over there. Right. So my phone was throttling between 3G and LTE. So and you were living in the to, past. Yeah, I was living in wow. the past. They, they Just like Jeffy. The it was like you had a time machine of sorts. Yeah. A, a, yeah. a shitty one. Yeah, exactly. like a really bad as opposed time to the good ones we all have. They were driving on the wrong side of the road. They don't it's have 5G. Up. Everything they're, smelled they're like not, urine. They're not part of Europe anymore. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I don't think he said everything smelled like urine. All right, who's next? Who's next? Comebacks, comebacks. Oh yeah, let's go with uh Brian Frank. Okay. Oh, Brian I'm, Frank. I'm, I'm, let let me talking. just say I'm happy to see yeah. Brian. I'm glad he's back. And Thank I you. always look forward to what he brings to my jukebox. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and uh, contributing to the jukebox. Uh, my choice is uh, a release from 2016, which was 18 years after this artist's m m uh, last album. That's, I guess, how you would say it, right? Wait, did you say 18 up. years? 18 years. And this that, is 2016? Yep. You took mine. But go ahead. Oh, no. Did I? Yes, you <laughs> did. He, he hasn't exactly, I happen to know. Oh. Yeah. It's unprecedented what we're about to do here. Okay. But. So, and here's the thing is, the album they had from 1998 wasn't that great even, okay. I, in my opinion. And so when this one came out, and it was so awesome, I was like, hmm, Maybe that last album was better than I remembered it. Maybe I should go back and listen to it. And I listened to it, and I was like, no, nope. it's not as good. This is, <laughs> this is the not one. Not at all. I knew what so, I was talking about then. I did. I did. So, of course, I'm talking about A Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. We got it from here. Thank you for the, your service. And uh, I'd like to drop the needle on We the People. All right. Wow, we did bring the same one. Did we? Yeah, we did. That, that was my Wait, album. Did you pick a different song? I, did, I picked a different song. Okay. I almost picked this one. Undeniable. We don't believe you, cause we the people are still here in the rear, yo, we don't need you. You ain't a killing off good young nigga move. When we get hungry, we eat the same fucking food. The ramen noodle. So good. They're so good. This this was their big comeback album, and yeah. as they have told us, their last album because yep. Fife Dog died right during the making of this album. It is fantastic, and for those of you who don't who want to go back, Brian Brian's right that their their previous album, eighteen years ago, not that good. Their first couple of albums in the late eighties, early nineties, genre defining. The, the early Tribe Called Quest albums um, were fantastic, and they were part of what was known as the uh, Native Tongue. Collective, along with uh, De La Soul and Jungle Brothers, and eventually Queen Latifah, um, bringing sort of the art rap vibe yes. to hip hop. Yes, and yes, and more yes. Queens. So, uh, Jeffy, who's next? And don't say me because I got to scramble around. <laughs> well, then, <laughs> who? Then, oh, who's it going to be? Possibly is left. Uh, yeah. Let's All right. Well, let me. Kevin. Let me. 
let me take this because um, I think it's very interesting that we all picked things in the last 20 years, myself included, because because comebacks in the last 20 years, because people don't buy records the way they used to, don't have this big, like, like the one we're doing today, like um, like George Harrison. I think, the, I think that Santana's comeback was probably the last massively commercial comeback record in 2000, mm. um, Supernatural. But we all picked ones in, in the 2000s, and so the one I picked, I'm especially big on because it was just removed from streaming services for reasons I can't figure for out. Reasons in the last. Wow. Really? Yeah. And and this is from one of my favorite bands of all time. And this is this album is not appreciated for the unlikely miracle it is that this even exists 28 years after they made their last recording together. And this is the 2012 Van Halen album, A Different Kind of Truth, which is Outstanding, which is easily the best Van Halen album after the first ones with David Lee Roth. This came out in 2012, and um, and this isn't one of those like, oh, it's people middle aged trying to figure out what they used to sound like. They went back and found a bunch of old demos and played songs that they used to play back then and recorded them. You know, they're all they're all Why new don't songs, they know but written. about this? Oh, it's fucking and crazy, and it debuted at number two, but number two is not that. Number two in 2012 is not like number two in 1984, right? So nobody right. really thinks about this record. It's extraordinary, and I'm going to play you, play you an example from it right now. And again, what a treat. This, is, this is a treat for you. Yeah. All right, hold on. Here it's a go. mellower sound than I remember Van Halen <laughs> having. I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's like an outtake of Hot for Teacher. It is, and just to show you, when this band, even when they were in their fifties, you know, were firing on all cylinders, they were the fucking greatest band. As again, I was trying, as I was trying to say, I'm flabbergasted. It sounds exactly like Peak Van Halen. It, yeah, it does, and that's the magic of the comeback. If this had come out in 1996, it would have been one of the greatest comebacks of all time. But it's sort of lost to time because of the record business. Wow, that's yep. so sad. Although I will point out the two, the 2016 comeback of A Tribe Called Quest went to number one on the Billboard uh, 200. So take that. Yeah, with Van Halen was two. I'm saying number one and number two were nowhere near the kind of no, records. No, cultural <laughs> impact that they should have been. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I, because, yeah. because mine was so cruelly taken from me, I'm going <laughs> to do a, a, a low-hanging fruit. We probably all thought of this, and we yes. all probably thought this was it way was too one. obvious. You well, know what it is already, I don't do. you, Jeffy? Okay, so uh, this band was very big in the '90s, and they lost a step, and ever and all the people that came up under them, influenced by them, kind of took over what they did. Blink One Eighty Two is another is a band is an example to kind of like grab that Green Day vibe. Oh, I'm completely mistaken. You're completely yeah. mistaken. Green Day came back in two thousand and one, four or, or two two thousand and four with this epic. Album and I I particularly like this cut Jesus of Suburbia, which is I believe it's three songs kind of stapled into one. Let's hear just a bit of it. All right, let me get. It became a musical. 
And it's the this is the thing is I was looking at this one and thinking about it. I would say it's their best album. No, it is. I would, I would say it's by far their best album. Comeback. Yeah, it's actually better than what they had done before. They they rose up, they went down, and then they yeah, and then they then they themselves. made their best yeah. album of their careers. Yeah. And I don't I don't think you could even say that about the Tribe Called Quest album. Yeah, it's undeniable. Yeah. No, that's great. If anything, that album became too popular. That was before the record business died. That was the, yeah, it was really when the, you're right. That was a big come. I didn't think they were that gone. I mean, they weren't gone in the Santana, George Harrison way, but they, they were gone. They were pretty, pretty gone. Yeah, you know, we didn't talk about the various kinds of comebacks there are because there's the return to form comeback, which this very much is, or even an escalation of form. And then there's the, I just went away. Right. Yeah, kind of, kind of thing. Like, like I, I couldn't be bothered to make an album for ten years. <laughs> right, right. And I do think that everyone wants a good comeback, but they want that comeback to remind them why they liked you in the first place. And yeah, that's where the rare thing hits. You know, where absolutely. Does anybody want to throw out any others? I mean, there's yes. one that we didn't mention yes. that like Kevin I, and I have brought I, up I, so I, many I, times I, on this show. I, I'm surprised no one brought it up, but uh, I mean, I think I think Kevin should just drop this one because yeah, this is the, right. this is a 100 percent case of. We were all thinking it. We were thinking it, no doubt. And it goes something like this in a second. It goes a little something like this. Yeah. This is the one I was about to say. (laughs) We dropped the needle on this thing just a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, that's D'Angelo. That is Black Messiah, one of the greatest albums of this new century. And uh, he was gone for 10 years, 10 solid years. He was gone for 14, 14, almost 15 years. 15 years. (laughs) 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 And he seems to be uh, uh, well into his next 15 at this time. No, yeah, definitely. But that album. Right, this is eight years old now. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Wow. I can't even believe that. No, No. you know, one one I'll just mention, I don't want to play play a track from, but I think it's great because I had long given up on them, and that is... REM's 2008 record, Accelerate. I don't know if you've heard this album. Uh, yeah, of course. Accelerate, to me, I, I just assumed they, they, their records had become, after Bill Berry left, become sort of like snooze fests and with no energy, with no nothing. When Accelerate shows up, from the very first song, I'm just it, like, ex- Are you yeah. saying it accelerates? It might, it might accelerate. It's I, 35 minutes of tight rock music in a way they never played after, but never played before, really. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's a one-off. Yeah. of tight rock from R.E.M. I, yeah. I would out. say the non-Bill Berry uh, albums do have their charms. There's there's good things on Up, for instance. I am not sure I agree with them. <laughs> you no, know, you wouldn't be wow. sure because I'm willing to guess that you didn't really listen I, to it. I, mean, I listened to it once. Oh, Maybe boy, once? At once, and I was like, you know what, I'm out. I'm not, out. You're out. Okay. Yeah, I'm out. Oh, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't think I would ever get back in. Accelerate, I thought it was fantastic. Accelerate's a good album, for sure. Uh, it plays in my car a lot. 
Oh, really? Yeah. The, the reason being is that the, the the late model, <laughs> the, the the old Priuses, yeah. back yeah. back when I had a catalytic converter, sure. they automatically <laughs> play your collection in alphabetical order by song when you get in. Mm. Oh, interesting. So if I don't reach for my phone and change things immediately, I am frequently treated to... Um, a uh-huh. bunch of so- the same yeah. songs. Uh-huh. No, 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 by, by title. Aha, uh-huh. oh, Take title. On Me is always the first one that plays on my collection. No, I, I get A-Punk by uh, Vampire Weekend. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, soon after that, I get Accelerate. Oh, interesting. Oh, and there's a song called Able by uh, that Brooklyn band. And uh, when, it, when it accelerates... It accelerates. it accelerates. Oh, brother, it accelerates. Yeah, I think accelerate is great. <laughs> the you, National does the song. Oh, Able. interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I just it's one of those things that I think a lot of people tuned out of REM by that point. It's oh, yeah. a secret great record later in their career. Yeah, I think Michael Stipe had more or less tuned out by that point. He was like, <laughs> oh, let's record one in an afternoon, and I'm going back home to my apartment. Um, all right. Well, you know what? We're going back home to our sponsors, and all we right. love them. We'll take a break. Uh, this is Dad Bandland, and we'll be right back. DVL. Dead Band Land is back. We're sitting around laughing about it. Kevin, Jeffy, and I have been sitting in this house, empty sure. house, all weekend. As we partying do. up because we have It's an to be empty in the house. It's, it's an empty house. What? Wait, what? Well, there were catalytic converters and shoes. Yeah, I know, but there was no people. But, and, and now and there's you, you bottles. Can just, you can just party in an empty house. That's party. how we roll. I just came back with a new, uh, it started raining, but I came back with a new keg. We can tap this thing. Sure. And, and uh, Kevin, can you get the door? The door just blew open. Oh, that's weird. Oh, because it's not windy out. I'm just oh, gonna wait. close. Oh wait, there's this. a guy in the doorway. Fuck, oh, dude, we found this place wind. first. <laughs> dude, yeah. we found this place first. What are you doing there? He just wants to party with us, right? <laughs> wait, is this your house? He's not wearing shoes, guys. <laughs> he's but he's wearing a slicker and nothing underneath. What do you call this house? <laughs> Wow. Well, uh, listen, mister, we're sorry we partied in your house. Yeah, we did not know that it was occupied by a man. We did not trash the place. No. It was like this. (laughs) It was like this. (laughs) You may stay, but only if we discuss George Harrison. (laughs) (laughs) No! Oh, I can't believe this nightmare. How could this happen? If this were video, we'd zoom out to space right now. Yeah. With all of us screaming. We should have seen that this was coming. Oh. Uh, Brian, right. welcome back. Yeah. Tell us, what, tell us about Cloud9. Um, yes, so Cloud9, uh, as we said at the top of the show, was uh, George Harrison's 11th album, the final one. You're right, Adam, released in his lifetime. They did release one after he passed away. Um, It was released on November the 2nd, 1987, uh, which is, um, wow, a long time ago, 35 (laughs) years ago. I feel ill. uh, From now, yeah. Um, I I have to mention, I didn't own this album when it came out, uh, but the version I listened to was from the import box set called George Harrison, The Vinyl Collection, which is a limited edition box set of literally every single one of his solo albums. So I now do own Cloud9. You own and Gone Trapo. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, this was, uh, got some wax facts. This was uh, his first album after a five-year hiatus. So a comeback. A comeback. If you precisely. will. Yeah. A comeback. 
uh, after uh, Gontrapo, the aforementioned <laughs> Gontrapo from 1982. Um, and George had just recently gotten back into making music. He, uh, this is an, an important uh, segue to this album. Um, he had been working on some songs for the film Shanghai Surprise, starring Sean Penn and Madonna, uh, which was produced by his Handmade Films oh, imprint. Boy. Yeah, and he himself appeared in the film. I I did not know that. Did not know that no. because I've never seen the film. The only handmade it's films. It's not good. I, I've heard oh. that. I remember when it came out. That it, it was came such out. a bomb that yeah. But it was such an important part of the uh, culture at the time because they were two sure. very famous people. Everyone expected a people lot. People who could do no wrong and then did. And then they did. And yeah. I didn't realize George Harrison was on that sinking ship. This is news to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, look. After it's you a made, Shanghai surprise for you. <laughs> After you've made Time Bandits with handmade films, no, he, there's no improving. He from needed there, to just call it quits. I agree. That's it. Yeah, I agree. No, he that's did, no, he did make good films. Yeah. Like his company made yeah. good films till then. So, um, so he recorded a couple songs for the Shanghai Surprise soundtrack, including Shanghai Surprise. Don't listen to that title, people, track. if you get the chance. Breath Away from Heaven. Um, someplace else and zigzag. And um, he apparently liked these four songs. He also had another song called The Hottest Gong in Town. Thankfully, oh. not re recorded for <laughs> Cloud Nine. My goodness. But so he, uh, he had done these songs uh, for the soundtrack and uh, went in with his buddy Jeff Lynn of ELO. And they recorded this album, including those four songs that I mentioned. <laughs> Uh, over eight months at his home studio in Friar Park, the famous uh, studio where he recorded his solo stuff, um, and had a couple of, of guests on the record, you know, who showed up and played with him, like Eric Clapton, Elton John, Heard of him. Gary Wright, Ringo Starr, Jim Keltner. Um, and the record was a big success. It was a comeback. It hit uh, number four in Australia, number five in Canada, number eight in America, number 10 in England. And what really spawned this success and the reason why probably I did not buy this album as a child but heard this song one billion times <laughs> was a few weeks before on October 12th, uh, the lead single was released, which was his cover of Rudy Clark's Got My Mind Set On You, which hit number one in Australia, Canada, and America, number two in England, and I thought England or the UK. We have the UK. We have UK. listeners complaining about our conflating oh. England. Oh, and oh, okay. well, that's, yeah. why, that's, that's why we. That's why we sent one of us to to that's the UK. That's true. I went on researched. a fact finding mission. I will <laughs> tell you guys. Small difference, but that difference is very big. No, England is in fact part of the UK. I didn't know if you guys knew. That's that. a oh, great little yeah. historical nice. kingdom. Right. A yes. nugget of yes. knowledge. Go good, on. Um, good. But I thought you guys would be interested that got my mind set on you hit number four on the rock charts. Oh, rock I love charts. the rock charts. I'm not a um, fan. So uh, this was his first single to top the US charts since Give Me Love, Give Me Peace on Earth in 1973. Wow. Uh, it was his third number one single and the only one that he did not write himself. When this song hit number one, it broke a three-way tie between him and John Lennon and Ringo Starr, all of whom who had two number ones. Oh, no way. Became Solo. one. Wow. Wait, so three he got three ones. before either of before them? Before them? Yes. What were his wow. other two? That is uh, a shocker. Give me love, give me peace on earth. Yeah. 
And it must have been um, what's it my called? sweet, yeah, my sweet. My no, it could have been because you no. said that he wrote the other two himself. Yeah, is this some just sort a music of joke about the fact that joke? he was successfully sued for my sweet Lord? Oh, yeah. oh boy, that one didn't do so well. Wow. So what happened? Wow. there? jeez, that was that was your <laughs> ring. He inadvertently had stolen a, a melody from oh. the song. Yeah. Yeah. He's so fine. Okay. Yeah, and he yeah. was sued, and yes. he lost that suit. He did. And then did. wrote many songs in response to having been sued yeah. successfully on that. Good one. Including one called This Song, which is a terrible song on purpose that says this song doesn't sound like anybody else's song. Good. Look at that. There you go. That's a wax, wax pack. Facts. I thought wax you were making a joke, but you, you, need a, sometimes you need to give me a cue. I was I looking at your everybody face. Everybody knew that George I knew Harrison that, had... but I just didn't know if it was a joke. I just didn't know it if it was a joke. joke. If I have to make a face, it's a bad face. joke. Make a face that I know you're making oh, yeah. a joke. I thought you yeah. said he wrote it. If you say, shut up, that, that, that. Hey. Yeah. Then I'll know. Then I'll laugh. I'll laugh. Back to the wax facts. Oh, back to the wax facts. Okay. Was that a joke? And so when it became number one, this is the other interesting part. It was the week immediately preceding the Beatles being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, making him one of the very few inductees to have a song on the charts at the time of induction. That's incredible. Um, And I found this one interesting, too. The reason why he covered this song was his sister lived in America uh, in the 60s. And the first time he heard this song was he was visiting his sister in 1963 in Illinois, uh, five months before the Beatles appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show. And he went to a bunch of record stores and bought a bunch of records. See, George Harrison and I are exactly the same. Very similar. <laughs> and one of one of the albums he bought was James Ray's 1962 album that had the song on there. And so it was a important song to him. Um, Wax those facts. are my well, facts. Well, yeah. and also remember, he's like forty-four years old when he makes this. Yeah, this record, this late period mm-hmm. record in his career, because he's he's like thirty or whatever when he when he left the Beatles, twenty-seven or something. Going back and playing like a song you loved to remind you of what you like. The fact that it was one of his favorite songs when he bought records is absolutely what a forty-four-year-old like <laughs> guy plays. You know, like, like, dad, welcome to dad, 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 thing. dad thing. He yeah. was a dad band. He was a, being yeah. in a dad band. He was like, these yeah. are the songs I loved. I'm gonna get. A, and he got a big hit with it, and well, that hit was undeniable. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. But it was here's the thing oppressive. too that that this reminded me of. And guys, tell me if you feel the same way. <laughs> in the '80s. There are all these old dudes oh, yeah. who are like pop stars. I think about it now, and I'm like, I was a kid listening to this music that was on the radio, and these dudes were you were listening in their forties. Oh no, yeah. yeah. Well, and and if it was a Beatle or if it was someone from the Stones, like I got that. My thing was when like Glenn Fry would have a bunch of songs mm-hmm. on something, or um, who's the other guy from the fucking Don movie? Henley? Don Henley. I'm like, who are these old guys with songs on the radio? What is this shit? And I realized, oh, everyone I didn't know was a member of the Eagles at some point. Right. And that's the way they were still around. It's almost like at some point, 40 years before, there'd been some sort of massive population bubble. Some sort of <laughs> boom, if you will. Yeah, I don't that, know. That put incredible amounts of buying power in the hands of right. people of a certain age. Adam, no you doubt, but they but, something. But, those, but what was bizarre to me is, you know, you turn on MTV, we were seeing Cyndi Lauper and Prince and people of, of that generation. Uh, yeah. And right. then all of a sudden, there's some guy who's in his 40s. On the same thing, and it just was bizarre. We you would it's never the boomer see that. Effect. You would never see that now. No, yeah. it's 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 a hundred percent the boomer effect. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I would say for this record, it's just, this is why music makes no fucking sense. Because if this was not someone I'd love, George Harrison, 
and I love the Beatles, mm. and not a record I had warm memories of because it was one of the albums that everyone in our family listened to. Um, if it was just some random guy, I'd be like, the, not the song so much, but the production is so thin and so 80s and so everything I dislike about rock music. I love this album, though. It defies any logic. Did you have this record? So, yeah. show of hands, I who had, had You had it. Did I had you guys it. have this record? I had it contemporaneously. You did? Wow. And I listened probably to had the it. shit out of it. I didn't listen Sorry. to it. Jeffy loved it. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I listened to it all the time. It was not, at the time, it was not my, like, I was, I like Peter Gabriel a lot. Oh, you got to remember, Guns N' Roses is out, too. So, this idea yeah. of what rock, modern rock saying. sounds like and what... But I also got, like, I got that these two things could coexist. Like, members of the Beatles could still make music for their audience that was older. And was and I didn't want old people listening to Guns N' Roses, so that was fine by me. Right. Um, so I'm the only one that didn't have this record. Wait, wow. Kevin, I mean, uh, I, 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 can yeah. I just interject here and say yes. this had a different trajectory than most albums we listened to? I started out very familiar, a lover of this album, and this week... As I listened to it, I liked it less and less. <laughs> wow. I, I, I believe I warned everybody about that possibility. Well, one of the things, and we talked about this a little bit in our discussion before we brought this album here, because I think this album is is pretty good. What I found was a little bit the opposite, Jeffy, where some songs that I thought I was going to like, I didn't love as much, but then there were some some tracks that I never thought about that I found aged better than others on this record. Yeah, and some um, went the opposite way. Like, yeah. like, I mean, uh, when we was fab, which I loved at the time, and now is kind of cringeworthy to me. I like the that's the time where I actually like Jeff Lynn's production on this record because <laughs> it sounds like ELO. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I want to provide my own personal context. Yes, please, for this. please. I don't think we've ever gone into it because we've never covered any Beatles stuff here. Yeah, we've never covered. But any I was, Beatles I was such a little Beatles nerd from the time I was eight till the time I was, you know, forever. Um, I think by the time I was eleven, I'd already read four books of the Beatles, two of them several times, uh-huh. uh, just about the Beatles and. George Harrison was one of my favorites. For a while, he was my favorite. I was into all his solo records. And then after that, I became super into ELO. Oh, now, okay. we're, now we're in the late 70s. Sure. I'm, I'm in fourth grade. Contemporary ELO. Yeah, contemporary ELO, and I'm loving it. And then, you know, I go to high school, and I go away to college, and... And your decades come. I can't... And now now I'm cooler. Now I'm, right. I, I want music made by you, people my age. You've taken down your Xanadu poster. I've taken down my Xanadu poster. I can't tell you how uncool <laughs> ELO was at that time. Oh, I can... I remember. I can and tell also, you. also, I had... Yeah. I had kind of come off of George Harrison as a songwriter at that point because George Harrison, let's face it, he's got kind of a weak voice, and he's also sort of like the master of the um, irrelevant minor. You know, there's an irrelevant minor chord for everything. He loves just sliding up or sliding down a half step to a minor or diminished chord that just sort of, to me, often lessens the impact of what he's doing in an attempt to become interesting, and there's a lot of that on this album. So for all those reasons, when I listened to this album, and I did, I was just like, Wow, Jeff Lynn of ELO finally managed to kidnap one of the Beatles that he worships, locked him in an attic, and recorded an album with him. And it sounds like something from when I was 10. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I did not like it at the time. I like it a little better now, but it's still, it's, it's a eh. Well, my, my thing with it was it was one of the few records that I could enjoy, again, with my parents. And I liked to think that musicians could get old. Now, do I think all the songs are super strong? Do I think the production's great? No, but I don't think it's an... Embarrassing, embarrassing. There are no, plenty I mean, worse it was, records. It was by, well reviewed. There yeah. are good songs on oh, and it. And it sold like 10 million copies. But what I, I think the most important thing about this record isn't the record. It's the it's what there's almost like a 
four records, part of this whole movement that started with this record, which is the Jeff Lynne, Traveling Wilburys, Full Moon Fever, Mystery Girl by Roy Orbison. They're all yes. roughly this the same This was the beginning record. of this. Well, yeah. Shanghai Surprise <laughs> that's just technically. was the beginning of this. <laughs> you know what? That's a great <laughs> Shanghai Surprise, which is a notorious failure. Should be recognized for right. creating Better Full Moon recognize. Fever. And, but, and, uh, but it is yeah. it is true because this birthed Traveling Wilburys. Yeah, yeah. which then yeah. leads to yeah. one of Tom Petty's three favorite records of his, Full yeah. Moon Fever. Yeah. And I think that Mystery Girl by Roy Orbison's one of his best records. Yeah. And I think this all comes from there. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I'll, I'll say if, if we, if the product is those things, I'm willing to accept this album. I and this is coming yeah, from someone yeah, who yeah. loved it yeah. at the time it came out. And I, I just, I just love it a lot less now. Well, yeah, I I don't know how I, I have a, such a mixed feeling about it because it's there's a pure nostalgia for it. Yeah. So it's tough for me to even quantifiably listen to it. I know if someone gave it to me now, I wouldn't. But if I put it on, I'm never like, oh, this is terrible. I'm going to turn this off. It just sort of continues on. You know, it is. Brian it, Frank, how about you? Yeah. I mean, I I discovered a couple songs that I liked that were more George Harrison e, like uh, Just for Today and This Is Love. Um, I'd take a version of this without the Shanghai Surprise songs on that there. That wasn't on um, the original record, Yeah, yeah, right? not not the title track. No, yeah. but um, what is it? Breath Away from right, Heaven, right. Someplace Else. Right, that is definitely else. a Shanghai Surprise. Yeah. Um, I, I, look, Got My Mind Set on You, I heard a billion times. And like Kevin, you know, that's something my mom and I enjoy, and my sister, yeah. we enjoyed together. I get that. And when we was fab, I enjoyed that when I was a kid, too, because I got the joke of what it was. Mm -hmm. And I loved the little ending of it where they compressed a bunch of Beatles songs yeah. in, like, the last 20, thing. 30 yeah. seconds, which is kind of fun. But... It's a it's a weird one, isn't it? It's it a is. weird one. It's a weird yeah. one. It's a weird. Part of the part of the weakness, I think, is that George Harrison, for all the things that were great about him, was very very closely guarded as a person. Mm -hmm. There's, he doesn't let a lot of himself onto the record. The parts of himself that he allows you to see is his pseudo mystical part mm -hmm. and his extremely cranky part. So there are these these songs about infinite love. That are very nonspecific, and then there's songs about how like the tabloids suck and everybody's and, mean. And there's yeah. this nostalgia yeah. part too. I mean, if you right. want to go to when we was fab, when you know, yeah, but nothing... which which is a version of a song he had done before, right? All those years ago, which was already his throwback to right. Being so in the Beatles. it's like doubly nostalgic. It's doubly nostalgic. Yeah. It's I do doubly. think I do remember at the time because I was starting to play guitar. I remember at the time him showing up with this and a big hit. Big Beatles fanatics of the Baby Boomers time were, were wondering, oh, crap, maybe George is going to come back and we can get more information on the Beatles because John was gone. Paul always seemed like he was making it up as he went, you know, like making up all these stories. Ringo didn't remember anything. Yeah, Ringo remembers nothing. And so it was like, oh, maybe George is going to be our gateway. And then George went back, back into hiding. But to your point yeah. of it being a weird one, I agree. But at the same time, He's at the cutting edge of the inventors of rock. Like no one's, no one's making records at that time. Like yeah. name anybody. What were his peers doing? Like I can say it's a weird one. Yeah. But what is Paul doing? What is Mick Jagger doing at that time? What's Eric Clapton doing? They're doing weird stuff too. None of them are making their best material. Dancing in the street. Yeah. No. <laughs> no they're dancing in the street. No, no. I mean, they're all. They. None of them know what the fuck to do. But in their then 40s. the Stones. I mean, then the Stones came out with Steel Wheels right. two years later, which is a starts banger to, and starts to anch anchor them into some right. new version. And they got yeah. new producers and yeah. new. Jeff Lynne was evolved. definitely. Yeah, they evolved. But they by '87. 
I mean, he, he's literally at the cutting edge of his generation making music. True. And they don't know what to do. I can't yeah. think of a better... While this one's weird, I can't think of a better record by a post-Beatle around this time anyway. Do you know, around or this time. Well, yeah. meaning that in the 70s, it's, it's interesting because they have leftover songs. But by the 80s... I yeah, mean, what are they doing? Yeah, what I'm I'm oh, wondering, uh, like what Paul McCartney's what Paul tug McCartney's, of war? Yeah, what was it like 1981? He yeah. was doing like yeah, what's the give my regards to Broad Street? Uh, there was McCartney too was a good album, wasn't it? With that song coming up, but there was a lot 70s, of good stuff. Right? But okay, '86 was Press to Play, right? Yeah, that wasn't much. Oh man. boy! <laughs> All right, you're not remembering this. Yeah, and honestly, I was even, too depressed to play. And even even um <laughs> John, even John Lennon's last record, which was a bit of a comeback, that was he, a big comeback. He's moving, he's moving into yeah. a realm that's a little adult contemporary, a little '80s fied, you know, with um watching the wheels and woman and, mm-hmm. and woman. Um, I don't know what he would have been doing if he was around. I'd like to believe. Well, he would I, have been I, I I feel like what you're doing is you're trying to elevate this album by <laughs> shitting on everything by else, comparing it <laughs> to, no, to, no, to, no, to yeah. press to play, which yeah, is like the, the volunteer worst line where, where everybody steps back and so yeah, I think I think I think <laughs> Jeff, hey, best I think, album of the '80s. I think Jeffy, that's exactly my point. It's like, yeah, it's weird. But what wasn't weird if you were in this age? Yeah, you know, like what, uh, yeah. T- totally right. Let's face it. I guess the forty-year-olds, forty-somethings, had not figured out how to rock again yet. No. Um, no. Would I recommend this album to people? Like, like if you're a Beatles fan or a George Harrison fan or just curious, should you put it on? You could. It's it's pleasant. Uh, have any one of us suggested that we do a needle drop during this discussion? <laughs> no, we have not. No, we haven't. <laughs> I mean, um, we kind of well, have you to drop hear the, the most popular song. We just have to. We no. do. No and, no. and I will add that the song Someplace Else was right. the only one that struck me as a Beatlesque sounding composition, which mm-hmm. I, that's one I never thought about before this album. And putting it back on, I thought, right. oh, one wow. One needle drop. Jeffy, you'll yeah. be the arbiter. Like is, 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 it, is it mindset yeah. on we you or is it no, Someplace Else? We Brian's House of Wax where we don't do any needle drops. Someplace yeah, else. Yeah. Come no, on. Let's do someplace else because I yeah, agree with Kevin. That else. was one that stuck right. out to me. Let's too. get a little bit of someplace this else. This is a legitimately good song that would work at any different decade. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, there he goes. Take it up to that mic. <laughs> You know what? You this is wanting, making me want to play another song, but we're going to do a second needle drop. Okay. All right. But I just felt that the, the vocal melodies and stuff definitely had an early Beatles vibe to it. Oh, absolutely, except for his propensity to go up to that diminished chord, which is going to be right here, I think. Yeah, do we need that? Do we need that, George? I needed it. I, I was into it. <laughs> Okay. What's the, what's the other request it's there, Jeffy? It's the first song. Oh. Right from the beginning. That's, yeah, um, that's I'm, kind of a blue, I'm gonna, stompy I'm, blues one with Eric Clapton featured. That's, and that's where we're going to have to differ because I love the guitar playing of George Harrison, and I've grown to very much dislike Clapton's guitar playing. But that might be because you've grown to dislike Clapton That's so exactly much. what it is. Yeah. And, and so but, I didn't realize as a kid that this opens with a guitar sort of duel between the two of them, and now I found it sort of bizarre. You can't drop the needle. And this is a year before... What what year is this? 87. 87. Oh, it's the same year as August. 
Eric Clapton's August. Have my love. It fits you like a glove. <laughs> Come on, George. Enjoy <laughs> my dream, tell me yes. Bail out should there be a mess. The pieces you don't need are mine. Okay. Uh, August was 86, Jeffy. Oh, before. so you Sorry, were very buddy. close. So the way that you use it. In conclusion, um, it's, <laughs> yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. It, it's a, uh, it's, it's an okay album. It's de- yeah. it, did it deserve all the attention it got? No, it got that attention because he was a Beatle and because people were sentimental. And it, did, and it did have one legitimate hit that was a massive song. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. A cover. A cover. Um, and that, but I will recommend it as part of the Traveling Wilburys Full Moon Fever. Like the whole group, I, I would put together yeah. as one group of musicians. They're all shared musicians. They're shared all hanging producer. out in L.A. They're yeah. hanging out in each other's kitchens. They're, They're almost making like a music scene. together. They're they are all, absolutely a scene. Yeah, and that's and that is a great scene. So absolutely, but but when you add people like Bob Dylan and Tom Petty to to this, it, it gets a lot better. No, it does, and in some ways, those records are the better version of this record, right? Absolutely. All right, we have successfully taken that apart, and uh, apologies to the to the families of George Harrison. Okay, um, <laughs> no, it's just we've had so many weeks in a row where we've loved the album, or at least loved part of it. Uh, it's, but this is what it is, right? I have it other George Harrison indeed. albums that I like better. Fair enough. Dad Band Land will be back after you listen to this. DBO. Dad Band Land is back, and we are back, and we are here with our one of our two favorite, as I like to say, ending segments. This week, it's Hidden Treasures, songs that we think didn't receive enough attention, or we think maybe our listeners should give them another look or even a first look. Absolutely. I hope the people at home really found some awesome shit. I was thinking about that today. We've got some great playlists that still show up on Apple Music yeah. of our songs. So. Oh, we should mention that because I had a fan of ours come yes. up to me the other day and say that they you know, love the podcast, but like, where do I find the music? Oh, I wow. would love to have a source. And so if you don't know, a lot of people don't read the text that comes with your podcast. Every single episode, we put the songs that we discuss into a playlist, an Apple Music playlist. You can just click on it from your phone if you have Apple Music and or view it at least. And there's all the songs that we've talked right. about. We that make it easy for, text you, for is you. You free, don't have to write anything down. That playlist is free. We don't <laughs> charge yeah. for free. No, you get it it's for free. You don't have to memorize anything. You don't have to take notes on this podcast. Just, Just click on the click link. It takes you right there. Tap. Yep. And so, and now we're going to add a few more to the playlist. It's time yeah. for Hidden Treasures. And keep sending us your hidden treasures at dadbandland at gmail.com. Kevin, who goes first? Oh, shit. Uh, I didn't know you were going to put this pressure on me, but I'm going to choose you. Ooh. Oh, well. Well, this is a this is going to be a little unprecedented because I don't know that we've ever done an instrumental as a hidden Whoa. treasure, have we? Oh, I don't know. If there's not words, I'm not going to understand this. It's it's from a soundtrack. Um, you know what? You Shanghai know what? I was thinking surprise. of this song is because <laughs> I am within. Yes, this is a Shanghai surprise for you. I am within about uh, two months of my twentieth wedding anniversary. Wow! And it's oh, made about my wedding. I mean, assuming the urine doesn't just take your family out tonight, it might because um, that was acrid. You're so in disguise. Jeffy, <laughs> <laughs> Jeffy was there at the wedding. Wow. Oh, I was in it. And I've, nice. I think I've mentioned two of the three songs that were featured in my wedding on this podcast before. I think, mm-hmm. as I let you all know, um, our original, our first dance was a choreographed piece by my wife and me. She's a choreographer mm-hmm. and a dancer. I'm not. To uh, Stevie Wonder's As from Songs in the Key oh, of Life. Oh, great. Mm. 
Um, our recessional, I know I've um, remarked upon because our recessional was, and she let me do this, yeah, Yakety Sax by Boots Randolph, also known as the Benny Hill theme, the end right, of Benny right. Hill where there's yep. a chase. I like that you know who makes that song, too. Oh, Boots That's Randolph, right. dude. Yeah. Boots, Boots Randolph. Randolph, of course, dude. Sure. Boots Randolph. Whatever, Boots and, Randolph. And the thing I haven't mentioned is our processional, which is a beautiful piece of music. You've heard it on movie uh, trailers, you've heard it on commercials, you probably don't know where it's from, so I thought I'd bring it to your attention. Jeffy knows where it's from. Mm. It's by Mr. Hans Zimmer. It's a song from the uh, the True Romance soundtrack. Is it Quentin You're So the, Cool? It's You're So Cool. Let's hear a little <laughs> bit of it, because I would prefer, I think this should replace Puckabell's Canon, which is getting a little long in the tooth mm. at every wedding. <laughs> Puckabell's getting a little long in the tooth. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is this a Sting song? It stays like this. You never have to hear Sting. <laughs> um, and and on and on like this. It, it's seasonal. It's pleasant. It's, it's, pleasant. it's really beautiful. It's they add favorite. some soaring horns later in it. It's just... Yeah. I mean, I could listen to this all night long. And I did because it took yeah, a long, took a long time for us to, everybody to sit down at my so, wedding. So that it, can be found on the True Romance soundtrack only? That I believe that's True yeah. Romance soundtrack only because... Um, it's not often that you get a, like a, a singular piece of music that is, is so portable. So it just got got thrown onto the soundtrack. Mm. Um, Hans Zimmer, of course, went on to become one of the biggest uh, uh, composers in Hollywood history. I mean, he recently did Dune, as as Jeffy knows. That's right. Uh, which and it, that's a fantastic Oscar soundtrack. winner. But this was well, this was one of his early ones. Wow, that is a hidden treasure. There it is. I actually go. didn't have that soundtrack, so it's the first time I'm, I'm really it's hearing good soundtrack. It. Oh, it's great. All right, who's next on our list? I am going to choose Jeffy Branion. Branion. All right. Well, you know, I've talked about this band before, and um, you know what? I'm just going to say Ken Andrews, Greg yes. Edwards, Kelly yes. Scott, yes. geniuses, <laughs> and I can't say enough about failure but i the chose a failure. song yes the band yeah. failure okay i just wanted to know if, yes. you're, if you're having a breakdown I mean, right now i also can't <laughs> say enough but i know it when i'm looking yeah, at it yeah but i know in my it's own me. life but <laughs> this time we're talking about the band failure mm -hmm. and this is from their 2021 wild type droid here is submarines On. Pretty monstrous. And then they bring it down. All right, wow. I'm, in, I'm into that. I, I mean, am fucking into fuck. that. Dude's that is failure. You have just turned me they on. I'm going to our own playlist. Shit. 
I'm going to wow. learn about this. I don't know band. nothing about no failure, no. but I'm, I'm willing to learn failure. <laughs> I, I dropped the Kenny Andrews uh, on uh, album uh, of, like way, uh, way back in our history. In the early days of DBL? In a, yeah, in a DBL. Uh, I mean. Failure is a hidden treasure it, band. Yeah. Wow. They are a hidden treasure band. Thank you, band. Brian. Yes. Yeah, Brian and Kelly Scott's on one of the best. Here. These guys, he's, he's so I supportive. Mean, why aren't they huge? I know their 1996 album "Fantastic Planet" oh is a God. perfect album. Is that it named is after the French album. animated film yes, "Fantastic Planet"? Yes, it is. Planet? Yeah, and look at, at the cover. Look yep. at that. Yep. All, all right. right. All right. Well, we'll all look into the failure I'm, that I'm you guys love. I'm doing research. I'm going to learn it from our own playlist. Yeah, all right. You should. All right. Well, then, I, you know what? Knowing what these are, I'm going to let shifting skin. On. I'm gonna uh, check that uh, out too. Done and done. Um, I'm gonna let uh, Brian go last because I know oh. how we're going to to bring okay. this in. So I'm gonna go next, and I I this is actually something that's shown up almost every time we went to do hidden treasures for me because if I had to pick one album I listened to probably the most, walking my dog, it's this 2017 album, <laughs> and I'm gonna play a song from it by a band. It's not called The Biters. <laughs> <laughs> and the, no, I swear to God, the Biters. And there, this no is a record, 2017, 2017 album called uh, "The Future Ain't What It Used to Be," and um, they—it's just one of the most perfectly written and executed. Is that, is that a quote from Angel Heart? Uh, it might be from Angel Heart. <laughs> the future, what? Um, it might not be. The future it might not be. I think someone might have said that before. Used to be Johnny. But uh, the, anyhow, the Biters made this great record. It's sort of they're sort of the perfect in realm in that T Rex cheap trick pop rock, you know, uh, perfectly crafted songs. And I love this. I love this whole album. So I'm finally bringing it here. This is a song called "Stone Cold Love." Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> it's really good. It's what you do to me. And every night you got me crying out You got my head right Oh my god. Damn. Holy shit. Damn. Damn. That's the biters. The whole fucking record's like that. Oh, is it really? What year was that? 2017. That is heavy. That's heavy. And yeah. It's catchy and it's tight. So I love it. It's a it. great record. Oh, everybody, yeah. you're going to want to reach for that playlist this yes. week. There's some treasures here. Yeah. Yeah. The biters. I know um, what my weekend right. looks like now. There you go. <laughs> Brian Frank, bring us home. All right. I'm an outlier in this one. So mine uh, predates. This is a song from 1988. Whoa. Uh, one year after George Harrison changed the face of music <laughs> with Cloud Nine. Uh, this this song, this is a post Cloud Nine song. Yeah, this different era. Exactly after the world changed. Uh, this it it did reach number seventy eight in Canada. Uh oh. So it's not completely obscure. Canadian rock charts. <laughs> On the rock Canadian charts. no, just overall charts. Oh wow, um, seventy eight out of all records of in Canada. All songs in Canada. Uh, this is a song that. Um, I 
sort of knew when it came out, like didn't really pay much attention to it. But uh, when Laura and I met, she was really into this and she highlighted it back into my life and made me love it more than I did when it first came out. And um, that is uh, why I am bringing this up. So it's a song called I Call Your Name. And have a listen and see if you can figure out who sings the song. Is it the, the Pogues? Wow, listen that bass. Musical youth. I'm getting a, a like a North Africa feel. is the South African band Johnny Clegg and Savuka. There you go. Them. They were very, yeah. very popular I with the college set when, when I was going to college. South. There you yeah. go. There Johnny you go. Clegg and Savuka. Yeah. Uh, I call your name. That's terrific. Yeah. He's... Uh, Singing with some some verve, some Dennis the Young style verve there. <laughs> there is some verve there. All right, we got Playing Kyle. Kyle's, Kyle's made it here. to the table. Kyle has come to the table. Right, so first, I, I want to say that when you started playing that and I heard Jeffy talking, I'm not looking at him, so I thought that was part of the song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It was a weird yep. experience that okay. I just had. Okay, um, okay so I got I to gotta say, I don't think I could hand out a crown tonight because I think everybody mm. brought absolute gold. All right. So it's Unprecedented. To, in a it's land where everyone to. is king, there are no crowns. Can there you give no everybody a crown? Then? I'm gonna hang. Jesus. I'm gonna hang on to it. No. No. Oh, no, you know what? Unprecedented. I, it is unprecedented. Great, so. Nobody's getting two. We brought eclectic gold tonight. I gotta we say, did. We, we did. did. We did what we do best. Yeah. Thanks oh, for recognizing. Yeah, that, that was great, Kyle. Four-way tie. Great. We'll take it. Four-way tie. We all win. That's, we all that's win. wonderful. And, that's, and, and it's great to get an unprecedented no crown thing. And it's not because. Nobody deserved a crown. We all deserved we it. We all deserved it. We or nobody did. did. All right, everybody. Depending on how you want to look at that. Send your questions, comments, and your own cover band experiences to dadbandland at gmail.com. Uh, send us reviews. Like us. Oh, give yes. Us, like yes. us and give us reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. We're told that means a lot. Follow us on all the socials. Stuff is happening on the socials, y'all. Dad Bandland is produced by me and Jeffy Branion. Opening music montage by Jeffy. Editing and Starburns production by the great Kyle McGraw. Our theme song is by Adam Korn. And Dad Band Land will be back next week. Woo! DBL. 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 Starbands Avenue, a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.